And hello, everybody. Welcome to How Table Talk. It's a special Wednesday edition. Landon right here, media director of HowChurch.net. Sitting right here to my right, as always, Pastor KD. How are we doing today, sir? Outstanding. Outstanding, yes. Mr. Derek Ashcraft to my left, everybody. How are we today, sir? Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, and that doesn't even sound that embellished, okay? So there we go. No, it's real. Yeah, the reason I say embellished, folks, is because we all know what yesterday was, and a lot of people are freaking out a little bit. But hey, hey, it's okay. Calm down. If you went and voted, you've already done all you can do. Now all there is to do is pray. So let's, uh, let's just put all that on the back burner. Let's forget about that stuff. Uh, fellas, today I wanted to uh, do kind of just like an open conversation type episode. Uh, me and Brother Derek were talking this morning, Pastor, and we were talking about... First of all, last Sunday was, uh, man, that was a win right there. That was a big win. Uh, we had, why don't you do the honors? Tell everybody the stats from last Sunday. Oh, I just think that God moved in, and we had a wonderful time, and uh, the worship team really led us in a, in a preparation for, you know, God doing some incredible things, and we just had, you know, people uh, wanted to be part of us, join. We had a person saved, and we got to baptize some people, and you know, we know it's all God, but he uses us, and if we stay clean and, and pure, and it was it was just an awesome, incredible day, and I was real thankful about that, you know. Absolutely. Yes, sir. You know, uh, it's not all about numbers and stats, but when the numbers are high, it just, it just feels a little cooler. So. Well, you know, you talk about numbers, um, and we didn't plan to talk about any of this kind of stuff like that, but I'll say this. Uh, first of all, the table was a little crooked, and uh, I had to... Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you go right no, on ahead, sir. No, I'm just picking this. But, you know, people talk about numbers and stuff, and they go, well, it's not about numbers, and we know what we mean, but behind every number, there's a soul. So I can't count spirits, and we can't see spirits, but we can see bodies. And so sometimes, you know, we good at, we're good at counting, and it's easy to count people. We have to count something. And so, um, but behind every soul, there's a number. There was a book of numbers. There was 3,000 saved in the Bible, 5,000 saved. So somebody thought it was important enough uh, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit to, to keep up with the numbers. But yeah, we're just excited about people in general finding the Lord, and uh, it's just awesome. And it really is to be part of something live. And it, it's, I think it's no coincidence that, you know, uh, today and yesterday and probably for the next couple of days, everyone's obsessed over statistics. And uh, this past Sunday, we got to see God move through statistics. Uh, we got to see him basically say, yeah, I do care about numbers, these numbers, the, yeah. not those other ones. That's, that's, that's whatever. Anyways, um, so, Brother Derek, earlier, if you recall, sir, we, we said, um, you know, with all these new people coming into the church and all that, Man, you remember that old classic stereotype of, well, I'm saved and I'm a Christian, so, well, there goes the fun, you know? Yeah, now I'm boring. Yeah, now it's time to live by a very strict guideline, a dress code for life, if you will. And that's the idea everyone has in their head. And, I mean, well, you know, it's got to be a stereotype for a reason. There's got to be something throughout history that, you know, most people have dubbed it with. But that's kind of what we're here to start on today, folks, is we're going to chisel away at a few key Christian life uh, cliches, if you will, or stereotypes. So that first one, uh, giving up all the fun. Why don't we start there? Uh, Derek, you kind of put it best when you, when you do make that life choice what are you really giving up, though? Are you giving up fun? But, but, but what are you really giving up? Nothing. Okay, see, <laughs> see look, that right you there. You can have just as much fun. Y yeah, yeah. If it, not more. 
I, I mean, I think so. Yeah. Elaborate, please. Well, uh, I have fun every Sunday. Okay. Yeah. For sure, because it nothing feels better than to worship. Yeah, and worship corporately. And I would just say this: when you're talking about fun, and you know. You, th- you think you're having fun if people are really serious before they meet Christ. Um, the truth is, it is fun. It's exciting when you do things that aren't Christ-like out in the world. And, uh, you know, just we can identify with maybe drinking or doping or doing some other bad things. It's not just those things, but other bad things. And it's fun for a season. So, so we can't tell people it's not fun because it is fun, but in our hearts, we know there's a hole, there's an emptiness there. Yeah. It's temporary. Yeah, and it's temporary. And so you wake up the next morning, you go, well, that was a good time, but still something's missing. But when you meet Christ... It's it, a lifetime. Yeah, and, and it's a true, true joy. Because when you do things, you, you just feel God's presence, you feel His real joy... You wake up, you, you don't have, you know, some vomit next to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't That's have always a, a plus. You yeah, know? you don't have a hangover. You, 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 and then, you know, you just, you just know whatever you did, if it was right, you just knew it was, la- you know, it was lasting and you know it was a real joy and not just um, happiness. You know, happiness depends upon the happenings, but you can have joy whenever things not going right. So when you talk about, you know, fun and the fun's over. To me, the the real fun just started just when I started. met Christ. Yeah, and you know, a lot of that it's it's very age specific. So, like you know, in the teenage years and young adult years, uh, believe you me, um, it can be kind of a a less attractive idea because well, one that's what everyone else is doing, and you know what they all say: well, who cares what everyone else is doing? And that's true, but. I think a lot of people don't like the idea of being an outcast. You're not really an outcast. You have a church family and you have other people like that too. You just got to find them. But when you're a a younger teenager, like let's say 15 or whatever, you're still a ways from being able to drive and and all that. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, you feel kind of powerless and and it it is pretty easy to kind of get that locked in your head. But like you guys said is, um, you know, we think one thing at, at a certain point in life, and what I've noticed is that, you know, you, you feel so bad when you do start turning away and going to the, uh, the quote-unquote fun, you know, uh, with a little bit of liquid entertainment, if you will, and all that. And when you do start to grow up a year or two later, then you feel so bad and so guilty about it, and then it's almost like you got to stick to your guns now to keep from looking stupid. Nobody likes to be told, I told you so. So then it almost becomes an act of, no, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I don't have any regrets, and you're full of them, you know, but you don't want to tell anybody. Yeah, I think it's it's hard not to want to fit in because peer pressure is, is very real. But, yeah, that, that stuff is it, short-lived, and you, f- you feel it the next day, and you, you know it's wrong whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Yeah, and then being, you know, we all want to be accepted. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Nobody wants to say... I have no friends, no one loves me, no one cares for me. But if we aren't careful when we have all these people around us, we walk away sometimes after them being around us and we go, they don't really like me, maybe. They don't really care about me. They, they don't really have my best interest. You know, and, and so when we're around them, you can, be, you can be surrounded with people and still be lonely. 
you know, so we, we just want to be accepted. We want to be loved, and that's the thing about Christ. Sinners loved him. Uh, it was the religious people, you know, that, that hated him. You know, they had their standard that they had for God, and they thought God should have been this, and God's like, I love everybody. I may not love what you do. I may not love how you act, but I love you, and nothing's going to change that. And I think, I think they, they know that he was authentic because he was, but they felt that authenticity and that genuineness and, and that true love. And, and so they had fun around him. I, I, I know he went to parties. Now, I don't know if it was the parties like we would describe today, but yeah. he went to parties, and they had fun. And, and I don't think Kevin's going to be like us sitting around like a bunch of wooden Indians. No. I mean, according to what I see, that is the ultimate, ultimate Super Bowl for the Christians to be with God forever, worshiping Him. And and and, and that's another thing. So you say uh, when we get to heaven, that's all we're going to be doing is worship and worship, worship. Well, you know, I think. Uh, well, actually, I don't think I remember this clearly. When I was a kid, and, and I heard the preacher say that, I'm like, "So you're telling me that we're going to just be in church forever? <laughs> I mean, the door is welded shut. We are in church for eternity. That doesn't sound. That sounds exhausting, actually. And but like we've said in the past two episodes, folks, if you haven't seen those, check them out. They're pretty good. We talked about what is worship, and we've nailed down that it's not just you know singing all together in unison. That, that there's all ways to worship so I feel like yeah we will be worshiping him as a sense of that's kind of that that coming home moment of saying thank you but we kind of truly become part of God yeah, part of that essence you yeah know. and um, think the thing about it worships on the inside so if you're just going to church and you have no desire to meet God and you truly not worshiping God I'll be honest with you church is boring but we don't try to teach you how to do church we try to teach you how to have a relationship and that is the difference. And I do, I do um, reciprocate with you. I do. I mean, I do understand what you're saying. When you look at heaven as a young person, it's like you look around and you're like, well, if this is heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty much you here know, now. We're fighting know? at business. I'm talking about when I'm a kid. We're fighting it in business meetings. Nobody likes each other. And, you know, maybe Sister Sally can't sing and, you know, you know, Brother Keith can't preach. And if this is heaven, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to go. But heaven's about Jesus and it's about joy and, and it's about thank God, no more pain, no more elections, no more any of that. Just, yeah. you know, it's, it's Jesus is, is heaven. And I've described this to Derek to uh, Landon more than one time. I said, heaven to me, really, sincerely, is Jesus Christ, number one. And number two, it is no electronic equipment. Zero. <laughs> no, no computer. None. I am so tired of trying yes. to worship yeah. and, and something go, you know, a buzz goes off, a oh, light yeah. comes off. Oh, you know, yeah. it's just crazy. That's it's crazy. the most distracting thing we have. Yes, yeah. it is. And, and you know, uh, side note, quick, quick side thing there. Uh, for all you people that are involved with your church and maybe help with the electronics and stuff, you know exactly what we're talking about. But, you know, I think when everyone's on the same page worship-wise, the worship team, the volunteers, the uh, the directors, God bless their souls and all that, uh, I think that we all get it like, you know, we don't notice it because, well, one, it's just being a professional musician. You learn to move past that. But also it's because we know it doesn't matter. I mean, we know we're up there to worship and nothing else. Yeah, the, the, the only reason that scares me, I know it's not going to mess them up because that's not what they're up there for. They're up there to worship. It scares me about the people in the crowd that maybe are uh, not that uh, – comfortable maybe not that used to church that the first time person that's going out on a limb and trying it 
that's all it takes to turn their attention span off. But then you got your members that come every Sunday and love it. It's not going to bother them either, but, but it's that one. You know, yeah. I don't want to lose that one. Right. I could keep 99 of them, but I'm still going to stress over losing that one. Yeah. So, yeah, folks, um, at the end of the day, your worship team and all that, when we have tech issues in the church, uh, when we're trying to do, you know, have our version of fun, if you will, um, you know, it's not your team that's going to suffer. It's, it's always that one. So that's, that's an interesting little, little nugget that we can put that in the back pocket for a future, future talk. I, I feel like a lot of people are worried about judge, judgment yeah. to, to be a Christian, you know. Like, for me, it has, it has nothing to do with age. But as you grow towards God, then you can, it's easy to look back on your life and you can see who your friends were. Yeah. The people that cared about you, the people that were leading you in the right direction, despite how it felt at the time. Yeah, and, and I think you brought up a good point is, Derek, we grow in God, and when we first started our walk with God, there was very little judgment because we, we were just so in love with him, and he was in love with us, and we saw people through different eyes. But then as we grow, we find out there's different levels of maturity. And, and because I'm here... I don't need to look back and condemn who's not where I am. It's not I'm superior. I've just grown a little bit. And now that I've grown a little bit, I need to be more patient. I need to be wise and realize, yeah, I should have grown. I've been doing this 31 years, but they've been saved a year. And if we're not careful, you know, we'll just choke them down. We'll want them to eat steak and understand they, they're on milk. And that's a biblical deal that Paul talked about. And so I just think... You're talking about stereotypes. I just think that we got to be careful to realize that not everybody is where we are, and we're patient and we're gentle, but we challenge each other. We don't, we don't let us stay stagnant. We challenge each other and keep helping each other grow forward. It's not being accepted. I'm accepting all your sin, you know, for the real legalistic people. You know, well, you're accepting all their sin, and... You know, no, what we're doing is we're saying, hey, some of these things are wrong. Just like where you are, there's some things you're doing that's wrong. And let's pray, forgive, and move and grow together. I'll forgive you. You forgive me. I'll work through my stuff. You work through your stuff. You help me work through my stuff, and I'll help you work through your stuff. Yeah. You know, Continu of course, on the leadership of God. Continuing forward. Right. Always, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've... Uh, noticed uh, not trying to generalize anybody but like like with that older generation like my grandparents and all that it did it felt like uh like being in in grade school and just like oh i'm telling i'm telling the preacher on you you know it's like yeah. they would go and like like my grandma a lot of people of that generation they, they smoked cigarettes because way back then before we knew it was that you know big a deal it's just something you did and then so so she was a big cigarette smoker she would have she would have her select spots because she didn't want anybody from the church seeing her by them. now of course it's probably pretty obvious when you smoke that long you can just smell them but still didn't want i mean just paranoid almost you know i've had preachers in the past um like uh, uh they they were so paranoid even though they didn't smoke like there was a I had an, an old preacher that he helped some guy load something in his truck or change a tire or something in a Walmart parking lot, or, or the guy had helped him. And he said, do I owe you anything, man? And he goes, well, if you could just you know, buy me a pack of Marlboros so we can call it even. And he goes, well, I'm a preacher. I can't be seen buying that. Here's 10 bucks. And, yeah. you know, and I'm like, you know, I mean, why? You know, so, so just like all of these, these unspoken rules kind of that linger right. around, 
I feel like they were more strict back then. But now I've kind of noticed, you know, the the grip is starting to ease up a little bit. Uh, and I'm not saying people just don't give a care at all, but it's almost like, yeah, you know, it, it's becoming more of a team, like like a football or baseball team. You know, if I have a teammate that's struggling, I'm going to work with them. Yeah. And if I do tell on them, it's not to get them kicked off. It's being like, hey, you might want to, you know, offer some of this to this guy, you know. Yeah. It's, all, it's all good natured. Yeah, I, th I think when you get so far on your path, then – you do, you don't worry about all that stuff anymore. And then when you're when you feel good and you're on you know you're on the right path, then you want to help the people around you. Yeah, yeah. I, and I would agree. And I, and let, let's talk about you know we're talking about stereotypes. Staying on that subject is that you know you got the the older and the younger. And I, as just as a pastor and as a Christian, and I'm gonna try to make this short, is that you you you're you're thinking that the older people are holding you back and then the older people could be thinking that the younger people are trying to run off and leave them and i think both are true out of ignorance it, it's not maybe intentional but the younger people sometimes feel impeded uh you know that we can't go forward because of the stereotypes that we're not being christian if we you know, have some haze or we have some lights or if we have contemporary. But but I want to say something to all of us who are younger, too, is that we forget that it's the older people, uh, the senior people that has gotten us to where we are. Thank God they had a standard and they still do have a standard and they were our anchor and they they brought us this far. And, and uh, you, you know, there is, there is um, the Gaither... The Gaither reunion, and I won't go through all that, but what I'm, the point I'm making is that Gaither brought all the young singers around. Okay, now watch this. And then he put the two older people who had been singing for years, put them in wingback chairs, honored them. So now you got the younger standing around honoring these, these, these people who got the younger people this far and then the olders are singing with the younger people, and it's showing, hey, we can all do this together. I, I want my kids, and I want the church, the kids of this church, I, I want them to go, you know, our pastor was not a compromiser. He wasn't trying to be like the world or act like the world, but he loved us, and, and he wanted the best for us. And, boy, he was strong, and he made some standards, but he never impeded us from being who God created us to be and he never let he never tried to stop us from growing and being relevant to our generation that's that's a big word so that stereotype the olders you can't do anything and these youngers want to go off and and leave us you know or these young people want to go off and leave us I think that's a big deal in church and I'm so glad I want to say this uh, I'm so glad our church we're not perfect we're not trying to act like we're perfect but I can tell you some of the senior people in this church, Miss Bernice, that's my hero. She's like 80-something years old. You know where she works? She, she doesn't pass out bulletins. That's big and that's huge. That's just as big as me preaching. She's in there with the preschool on the floor playing with the bed babies. I mean, mm. She could easily say, I'm retired. So you got to watch how you stereotype people because oh, yeah. she's a model. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, to your point, you know, I think that when it does become that, that when there's a clear line in the sand drawn, 
Well, then, then we're invoking conflict, and that is not of God. So, you know, if it's going to cause any kind of conflict, well, then right there we know we've gotten off track. I think that the, the concepts of how things should run, at cr the, 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 when everybody agrees on the concept because of what we've read in the Bible and we create those standards, well, then, you know, by trying to, again, change it up too much or whatever and you're invoking conflict i think god designed it all to where there is no conflict because we're all doing it anyway we're all doing the yeah, same yeah and, and the pharisees here's was the law the jewish law they had hundreds of additional addendums if you will <laughs> attachments that yeah this is the law but this 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 and jesus said i didn't say all that yeah. God's like, I didn't write all that. But mm -hmm. it was the commandments of men yes. that was keeping the people from being free. Not free to do what you want, but free to do what you ought. Yeah, I was I was also, you know, I just thought when you were talking about how earlier your style of, of how you run the church is, yes, you do have standards, but you're not going to impede or anything like that. But the first thing you said, yes, there are standards. That right there, you know, the older people have laid the foundation. I feel like by sticking to it too hard, well, then we can't grow because we've already been there. But I feel like by going too far the other way, well, now you've made it about you as a man, and it's no longer yeah. God's house. It's Keith Dickens' business. Right, and, and this, is a, uh, this is a key point, though, on that is methodology is going to change if you're going to try to be relevant to your culture. Jesus talked to the farmers about seed, he was always a, a, a picture. He always gave a picture in the theater of everybody's mind. He talked to the fishermen about fish. So, you know, he didn't talk to the fishermen about planting something or the, the farmers about fishing. He was always So methodology is always going to change. We At one time, if you brought a piano in church years past, you done brought the boogie, woogie, boogie yeah. into the church now, you know, yeah. and then they got okay with that then you brought a guitar now you, you bring in van halen into the church mm. you know and, and and what i'm getting at theology i'm gonna never compromise on to win anybody yeah but that's truth you gotta have love because truth without love is brutal mm. and love without truth is hypocrisy so the methodology is going to change but the theology stays. The methodology can can vary, but and but the theology standards got to be there. So I'm I'm not going to try to go sin with you to say, hey man, Jesus loves you. Let's go. Let's go. We always use drinking. I don't know why, because there's envy, there's pride, there's so many sins of the flesh that we as Christian people do. We don't maybe drink and all that other outside stuff that we condemn everybody for. But boy, we're meaner than a junkyard dog and jealous oh, yeah. and envy and hateful sometimes. But what I'm getting at is I'm not going to go sit down and drink a case of beer with you and say, man, isn't Jesus good? I just want to win you to the Lord or sit there and be ugly and try to win them to the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah, so absolutely. I can't sin to win you, but I can love you through your sin yeah. and not condemn you in yeah. your sin. Absolutely. You know, that's, uh, that, yeah. that's always the great question is how do we love those people without, I hate using this word, it sounds kind of harsh, but Bible beater, you know, I don't want to get beat over the head with the Bible, and also, and, and I've tried before, just like you said, like, hey man, I mean, I'm, I, I still love you and all that, well, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, I mean, you think you're up here and I'm down here, so that's always, you know, folks, sometimes it's just not possible on our end, all we can do is just give it over to that end up there, 
and leave it at that. But yeah, uh, that, that was a great point. You know, we love them through it, and and but but don't be surprised if they still take that love as offense because that's just where they're at at the time. I wanted to go back to what you said about ignorance. I think that's a huge hurdle for us because. I mean, ignorance, if that's the lack of knowledge. That's right. Well, when you have no knowledge, then you don't pursue the knowledge that you need. Right. So you have to almost be extra communicative to, to get that. Yeah. And like, like with change, change is one of the only constants in our world. That's right. It's never going to stop. No. So you have to adapt and grow and constantly change what you're doing right to to continue your journey the best way you can with what you have already yeah and 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 to wed the two thoughts that y'all both have together the way i'd say it and i've said it i I, i'm real redundant with my preaching because we we learn through redundancy but you don't scold a a blind man because he can't see Hmm. and so how do i win people if i know if i know a person's lost and I'm trying to break down 66 books of the Bible and tell them how bad or how bad she is. Uh, the Bible says a wise man wins souls. I'm just going to love on you. I get around even my family. I don't even talk about the Bible because I think it's more caught than taught when it comes to sinners. And so you got to teach it. But, but what I'm saying, my lifestyle is going to open a door so that I, the Holy Spirit can sow a seed in their life. And so, you know, if I know, let's say Derek's lost, you know, I'm not going to condemn him if he's doing anything. But if he says, hey, you want to do what I'm doing? I'm like, no, bro, I don't, I'm not going to say, no, because Jesus saved my soul. And he can save your, your soul. And, and you're going to die and go to hell if you don't change right now. And you're not going to try to get me. You know, I'm not going to get all drunk. Yeah. I'm just going to say no. But if he pursues the question, then I'll go, well, you know, I'm just a Christian. I don't do those things. Yeah. I'm no better than you. I just don't do those things. Right. Yeah, that makes me think of that, uh, that saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. You can tell somebody, and you can show them, and they can see it, but until they're ready to make that decision, they're not going to. That's right. That's right, and that's even like with addictions. I mean, you, you can't want for someone. You can, you can do everything you want. But So I, I just want to be clear that, you know, and, and then here's another stereotype that, that I get played on me, and I'd like to, y'all didn't know I was going to bring this up, but, man, you a preacher. You a preacher, and oh, you do this. I you bet a, you, you hear are, that. Oh, Lord. It's like, it's like even like when you, you know, because you're a pastor, you know, it, it doesn't mean you're not human. It doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean, you. by the way, you, you don't have feelings, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, there ought to be a higher standard, but there's a higher standard for all of us. It's not yeah. just, you know, I mean, for instance, if I did some things that Christians did, they'd be like, oh, you know, or not Christians. I'm a Christian, but some, some things that other Christians do, they'd be like, oh. I can't believe he's a pastor that that's doing yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. I'm like, well, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah, they make it different. Yeah, they make it different. Like so, but you know, because a pastor preaches doesn't mean he doesn't understand anything about business. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean he doesn't understand anything about music. It doesn't mean he doesn't understand anything about medicine. It just means that God's called him to preach. So. You know, preachers, you know, they're bad preachers. I get it. You know, I get it. They're bad. Everybody, bad mechanics, bad. But we don't just quit going to all the auto shops because there's one bad mechanic or ten of them. Absolutely. But we get stereotyped a lot, and and um, and rightly so many times, but a lot of times you're guilty before proving innocent on things. You really are. So 
you know, um, preachers are human is what I'm saying. And um, it, it's not an alibi or justification. It's just saying, hey, we're, we're human too. We, we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. Absolutely. You know? you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, we're all human. But, but taking the path of being a pastor, of course you're going to stumble a few times. And I just think that people... Uh, a lot of times the reason for that comes from because people, uh, when they're trying to get right with God or, or foster that good relationship, they're relying on the pastor so much, like you're the mouthpiece, and they're relying on it so much that it's like uh, when you're a little kid and you realize that your favorite TV show is just a show and it's not real, you know, like when you, when you do see that little chink in the pastor's armor, you're like, no, you know. But then that, that, that leads to, you know, we're tying all those feelings up into a man and not what the man's trying to tell us about. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, every career path, or I'm not just going to call it a career path, but every, every path we choose, are you choosing the path of a pastor? It's got its own hurdles. So when we see a pastor stumble on those hurdles, we don't say, well, I, he's not really a pastor anymore. It's, hey, well, I, I mean, he signed up for that, and it looks like he's jumping over it pretty well. So let's cheer him on. Yeah, and, and one last thing before, I, before I, I'm not trying to be self-serving here. But but what I would say to you know, you know they said that you know nobody there was no greater leader, no greater pastor, no greater friend. God Himself was called Satan. He was called the devil. He was called a liar. He was, you know, and you know you just hear stereotypes that you know that people give, and it's like you know because Christians and pastors fail, they're not hypocrites. Just because I mean. They're not, you know, they made mistakes. They, they've messed up, you know, kind of like what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you got to be careful when you get this measurement out, this yardstick, and you start measuring all these preachers and Christians. And because that, when I find out that, 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 that stick, that measuring stick turns into a boomerang and it hits him right between the eyes because the, the same measure yeah. you measure in other people, it has a way of coming right back and hitting you right Absolutely. between the eyes. Have you ever have you ever heard somebody say this? I would never raise my kids like this. I would never do that. So often. And two weeks later, it's like, uh huh. Uh, we we got a problem here, yeah. you know. So. And you know, isn't it? I mean, I think it's no coincidence. The people that say that are the ones like me with, with no kids, <laughs> or wife for that matter, or anything. Well, I'm not doing it that way. Well, how many have you raised so far? Tell me. Yes, yeah. tell me. Well, anyways, folks, we're just about out of time. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you to everyone for all the continued support. We thank you so much for all the likes, shares, the views. Remember, you can find us on Spotify and Google Podcast if you want to go audio only. Plug it into the aux cord in the car. And if you if you like me and you like to turn that phone sideways and get the little home theater set up going, we're on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, come by and see us one Sunday, okay? 9 o'clock and 1030, 2720 Highway 28 East in Pineville, Louisiana. That's Heart of Worship. Or if you look at our beautiful state-of-the-art sign, howchurch.net. Uh, Pastor, any closing thoughts? No, I'd, we'd love to have them. And uh, when you come here, you're not going to find a perfect church. and uh, But you're going to find some people that really love you and uh, just trying to live for Jesus the best we all can. Amen. They can and I can. And so um, I'm excited about Me what too. the future holds. Yes, sir. Nobody knows, but uh, we're all in this thing together. Yeah. And we're fun. Yeah, we are fun. Thank you, Derek. That's a perfect way to end With that. no hangover and a little yeah. money at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ain't it great how that works out? All right, folks, have a blessed rest of the week. Keep up with us on the socials, and we'll see you next time.